Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 157, Procrastinating or Avoiding. It's December 8th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, clearly podcaster, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. procrastinating or avoiding. (laughs) None of you do that. I know. I know. None of you avoid. None of you procrastinate. But according to the research, 20% of people do, but not my people. So let's dive right in. Oh, wait, before I dive right in, go to my website, enter my giveaway. That'll make me happy. You can also download my free emotional workbook, which probably will get into version 6.0 later this month or early in 2024. As my disclaimer, this podcast and anything I say, nothing I say is designed to be medical or therapy advice. That's my disclaimer. You should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. If you're interested, I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. That's good for hearing people. It's also good for the deaf and hard of hearing community. Next, if you're suicidal, please stop what you're doing and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or you can call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I do believe that calling or texting 988 will also work, or at least it will work in most states. So there you have it. As quickly as we could, let's talk about the good news if you procrastinate or avoid things. So if you are a procrastinator or you tend to do engage in procrastination or you avoid things, the good news, according to the research, because you do know this is the good news channel, I always, I always have good news, is that it doesn't mean you're lazy. So that's an attribute that is in one of the definitions for procrastination of where there's an innuendo or direct statement about being lazy, but not according to the research. According to the research, people who procrastinate or tend to avoid things or put things off are simply doing other things. So it's not a question of being lazy. So whether the research means anything to you or not, I thought that was very interesting. It was repeated in a number of places. So let's get on the same page with some definitions. Procrastination as a noun is the act or habit of putting off to a future time, delaying, postponing, especially in the definition is out of habitual carelessness or laziness. We now know, according to the research, that's not factual. You're just doing other things. As a verb, procrastinate means to put off doing something, postpone or delay. Now, procrastination, interestingly, according to the research, it can be a sign of Uh, internal struggle with self-control and it can or usually sometimes involves some level of self-deception. Avoid. Now I'm using procrastination and avoid. They could be interchangeable. They might not be interchangeable. Use what resonates. Sometimes, you know, procrastination is more fitting and other times avoiding, which hopefully I'll make clear, but we're not, we're not mincing the words here. Use what 
you works for you. Avoid is a transitive verb, which means to stay clear of, go around, or stay away from. To take measures so as not to meet or see someone, or to prevent something from happening. Now, interestingly enough, there is a coping strategy that's called avoidance coping or avoidant coping. Now, this is a not a good coping strategy. Okay, it's not. It's maladaptive. But it is a coping strategy in which a person changes their behavior to avoid thinking about feeling or doing difficult things. So they might change their behavior to avoid thinking about someone or something. They may change their behavior to avoid their feelings or they may change their behavior to avoid doing difficult things. So that's that's not uh, the healthiest coping strategy. Now, avoidance, separate from procrastination, usually involves avoiding stress rather than dealing with it. So, which usually does not work. And I'll, I'll explain why that really isn't going to work psychologically in a few minutes. But what I want you to know is this idea, this topic of procrastination, interestingly enough, from the research, has literally been around since the beginning of mankind. It is not a new issue, people. This is like the ancient Greek philosophers and po poets thousands of years ago wrote about this. This is nothing new. But we'll give you some strategies on, on how you can kind of put it to bed or at least deal with it. The roots of procrastination. So when we look at different topics, it's helpful sometimes to look at, well, what's the basis for it? Or what is it, what is it sourced by? Some of the roots of procrastination can be low self-confidence, anxiety, a lack of structure, interestingly enough, the inability to motivate oneself to complete a task or task, negative thinking, specifically rumination, brooding, and low emotional regulation or low emotional skills. So those are some of the more primary sources for procrastination. Now, what are the negative possible impacts for procrastination? Well, that's equally as interesting because what am I interested in? Well, what I'm interested in is I'm interested in providing you with solutions, ideas, and fixes for having an amazing life. Like, that's what my goal is. And, and to help you have extraordinary mental and emotional fitness. Procrastination or avoiding is not on the positive end of mental health and mental fitness. Here's a list, not all inclusive, but here's a list of the possible negative impacts of procrastination. So this is possible. They don't, you're not going to get all of them, but uh, linked to it. So procrastination is linked in the research to depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and overall poor mental health, decreased energy, negative thoughts, increased stress levels, decreased self-worth, worsening financial status, decreased or worsen, worsening academic performance, increased relationship problems, decreased physical health, loneliness, poor sleep quality, physical inactivity or lack of physical activity, lost chances and lost opportunities, which can mean career or financial opportunities and other opportunities. It could be all kinds of opportunities. 
if you're delaying or avoiding or procrastinating and damaging your reputation. So that's a long list of possible negative impacts based on the research. Now, again, I do want to repeat this and drive this point home. According to the research, procrastinators are not lazy. They are simply doing other things in place of activities that they're avoiding or procrastinating. So there's a big emotional element to procrastination or avoiding. So when a task is either negative or it's unpleasant or it's not enjoyable or there's something negative about it, or it might have a negative connotation or some unpleasant connotation, it's more likely to be avoided when the person has lower emotional abilities, lower emotional regulation abilities, and lower emotional management and processing abilities. Because when the task is unpleasant, or it's negative, or there's something, you know, just not good about it, you have to regulate and manage your emotions to be able to Get, bring yourself to the table to complete the task. We as human beings widely, almost universally, not universally, but almost, avoid negative things. We, you know, like, it's just kind of like how we're wired. We're wired to be in our comfort zone. So emotional abilities play into this topic. Well, emotional abilities are foundation for mental and emotional health and wellness. Now, something that's interesting about this topic, and I've mentioned this in one, possibly two other podcasts, not too many, which is this top, this uh, science concept called the Zygarnik effect. The Zygarnik, Z-E-I-G-A-R-N-I-K, the Zygarnik effect, which is named after Bluma Zygarnik from the 1920s, who was a Lithuanian psychologist. It refers to the fact that what what she learned and, and why it's named after her is that incomplete tasks, so things, jobs, tasks that are incomplete trigger stress in your mind. So it, an incomplete job task or what have you creates a psychological tension in the brain when it's incomplete or unfinished. Now, what's interesting about this Zygarnik effect is it's used widely in cliffhangers, in literary works. It's used in shows to get you to watch the next one. It's certainly used in season finales that leave you wanting more. It creates this psychological tension that, you know, keeps it in your mind. So the human mind uh, does not like incomplete or unfinished tasks. It doesn't like it. It gets caught kind of in this loop. So the Zygarnik effect and future research, because the Zygarnik effect really is from the 1920s. We have another hundred years of research on the psychology of incomplete tasks and unfinished things and procrastination. So one of the pieces, though, in the mind that comes into play with procrastination is the executive functioning of the brain. Now, many of us, many of us lay people, we we don't know all that much about the executive functioning of the brain. And that's okay. I'm not a big fan of knowing everything. I'm a big fan of knowing only what I need to know to have this amazing life. If you're a parent raising children or you're a grandparent or your coach or a teacher or anybody that deals with, 
you know, young people through the age of, say, early 30s, I would beg you to go back to my podcast library and listen to the podcast on raising children in the age of technology, because technology is having a definite, definitive, negative impact on the executive functioning of the brains of young people as they're growing. And this is a problem. This is a very serious health problem. So if you're raising children, teaching children, involved with children, grandparent, what have you, go back and listen to that and start implementing that. The first part of that podcast really talks about the the damage that we know of, that we know of from technology on young people. But in this topic in procrastination, part of the executive functioning of the brain has an inhibitory control mechanism, like a a delaying gratification, saying no to temptation or saying no to distractions. So that part of your brain may or may not be fully developed, which of course I'm saying for young people, we've got to get ahead of that. We've got to get ahead of that trade people. This is not good. So that can come into play. And so you've got the executive functioning of your brain going on. And then you have your emotional abilities, two separate things. So according to Wang, Zhang, and Fang, uh, or Wang et al., they say procrastination is a result of the emotional regulation failure. So that's what they're saying in their research. It seems to me, because of course, if you're following along my podcast, you realize that in the last two weeks or so, we realized, oh, we worldwide do not have a common agreed upon definition of what good mental health is. That's tragic. That's sad. That's unbelievable. But we actually have eight completing or conflicting definitions for what good mental health is. So it should be no surprise that we don't have agreement on a lot of things. Now, setting aside procrastination, I want to address avoiding new things in this topic of procrastination and avoiding. So avoiding new things is normal. I mean, I'm telling you people, it's just, it's just normal to avoid new things. Now there's probably a few people that, you know, go run to, you know, skydive or, or do something new that they've never done before. But for the majority of us, for the majority of people, avoiding something new is reasonable. So I want you to bring a healthy dose of self-compassion and love to yourself if you're avoiding or in the area of procrastination, procrastinating on something new. And let me just give you an example to hopefully help you see this in a different light because it won't be about you. So over three, over three years ago, I, well, I had decided at the beginning that I really wanted to do podcasting. That was something that was on my list. I started blogging. I did a bunch of YouTube videos. And then what was next was to do the podcasting. So this is kind of how that went. And I'm really underscoring here. I knew I would love it. I was very excited about it. So you can be very excited about something new. You could actually know you're going to love it. And then actually doing it or starting it is something entirely different. So I did my research to figure out what equipment would I need? What was the best equipment for a you know, beginner podcaster? I ordered the equipment, the equipment arrived, and then I didn't start. Then I did a little more research and realized, oh, if I really am going for a professional podcast, I need to have some original music made. I could buy music that's already pre-made, 
licensed music, but that wouldn't be original and anybody else could use that tune. So I really wanted original music. So I had to find a musician and have him or her create the original music intro, which is only a minute long. This is like one minute. Uh, so I did that. So I, I did that. That, of course, we're taking, it's taking me months to do those two things. Then I realized, oh, my goodness, I cannot do this by myself. I had to get in touch with my IT guy and say, when can you come over, Brian? I, I need your help. <laughs> I'm not sure, like, what to do. And so he did a little research on which music or which um, recording platform I would be best and blah, blah, blah. So uh, he came over and we recorded a little sound bite and he showed me how to do it. I think he actually ended up having to come over twice. <laughs> I think I didn't take good enough notes the first time he was there, but who knows? That's, that was a long time ago. Um, so from start to finish, though, it probably took six months. It at least took four. Might have taken six. I'm not exactly sure. From the time that I purchased the equipment to the point where I uploaded my first podcast. Now, I knew prior that I would love it. I was just dealing with a lot of things because, quite frankly, I will tell you people, I have dealt with a massive, like, gigantic number of traumas in the last nine years, and in particular in the last three. Like, And these are unspeakable traumas. These are traumas we do not speak about because they are horrific. It's like, it's literally unspeakable. And some of the people are dangerous. So, you know, I say something, but then there's other things. Oh, I wouldn't even breathe a word of that. Oh my goodness. I, uh, you know, like I, I know bad things would happen to me. So I give myself a lot of grace. <laughs> I've gotten through <laughs> like the last nine years, but in particular the last four and I'm doing well. So I give myself grace because I'm not hard on myself, but just notice, like, look how long it took. And I will say, I, I realized as I was preparing for this podcast that the same thing applies to Instagram and Facebook Reels. Now, I think it was at least two years ago that my friend Kim introduced me to Reels and suggested it would be a great model platform technology to use for getting my message out but we're two years later and I, I finally I think it was just a week ago or so just started making reels for Instagram and Facebook I think I have like I don't know 12 15 16 whatever some number of reels and no they're not difficult it wasn't that I thought oh I won't like making reels I had I've had a list of reels to make forever for a long time and maybe what it took for me is be having a car accident and being not mobile I'm, I'm getting more mobility but I'm a ways away from being really mobile and and just having enough time on my hands I was like well I got to do something I've got to keep myself occupied oh yeah what about reels I could do that so what my point is it could be something that you know you're going to love. Like I knew I would love being a homeowner back in the day when I bought my first house as a single woman. But I had all these fears and concerns. What if I lost my job? 
What if I met some great guy and then I had to sell my house, blah, blah, blah. Like, I knew I would love being a homeowner. I knew I would love it. There wasn't a question of that. But you, we have a tendency to avoid or put off new things. And that's normal because it is outside of our comfort zone. Because if it's something we've never done before, or sometimes we've done it before and it didn't work out well. And those, those things will avoid something new. Like that's very common actually in, in relationships. You, if you were cheated on, you might be really reluctant to get involved with someone. And I understand, I understand that. Oh boy. Um, and you might have fears and anxieties and worries and concerns. That's all normal. My point is there's a point of normalcy or an element of normalcy to avoid things that are out of your comfort zone. And I don't want you to be beating yourself up if you are avoiding something that's new or something that's different or something that you had a painful experience with, like a, like a relationship. Beating yourself up doesn't help you. It actually, you know, is, is not, it's not healthy and it's harmful to you. Now, there's another point about this whole avoidance thing that I, I didn't originally have in my in my notes that I was thinking about. Well, I think I just have to dive in it and say it, which is there are some delays or some points of avoidance. I really want to call it a delay, but you could call it avoidance where simply you have to trust the universe and the process. So what I'm saying is that there are times when it will seem like you are avoiding or procrastinating, which you may or may not be. I mean, I don't know. But there are times when you're simply not ready or you're simply not prepared for whatever is the thing that you are avoiding or procrastinating on. So it might not make sense to you. And I'm not sure how, how this piece of this podcast is going to land, but I'm hopefully going to make it clear. But sometimes you have to do a little healing work on yourself or something else has to happen before you can get to that thing. And it's only in hindsight that you'll be able to clearly distinguish this. So I have been saying for the past <laughs> three years, I think maybe more for that I'm going to have an amazing man in my life, like the love of my life to grow old with, etc. And the truth is, oh, so it hasn't happened. But the truth is that I've done a huge amount of healing and growing in the past three to four years, four years plus. So I'm sure that the arrival of a man was delayed by the universe so I could do the work because I'm much better prepared now than I would have been a year ago, two, three, or four years ago. That I have this trust in the universe that the universe is operating for my good, that the universe is there to help me and the universe is there to protect me. Now that is an empowering attitude and belief that I hold. It's not a universal attitude and belief because some people believe that the universe is out to get them or the universe is out to ruin them or, you know, they can't catch a break or some other version of that. That's a disempowering belief. You're free to choose a disempowering belief attitude if that's what you want. I'm explaining to you that my attitude is that there is this the universe that is out to protect me and, and is operating for my good. And, and one example is there was something I wanted to do uh, years ago when I was married to not somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that thank God I didn't do it because they stole all my money and they would have had a lot more to steal had I done this one other thing. So that I believe was the universe protecting me that I did not do this one project I really wanted to do. So the delay in me not having a man in my life has allowed several key things to happen. There were lessons I had to learn. There were cycles I had to break. There were trauma bonds that had to be distinguished and broken and more. So those are just, <laughs> those are just some of the highlights. And that was the universe like getting me so ready that when an amazing man shows up, oh, trust me, that's absolutely, it's a done deal. That's happening. It's just a matter of who went and where and all that. But I do believe for myself, given I have this empowering attitude and belief that sometimes delays are because other things have to happen first. You may or may not believe that the universe is out to protect you or for your good, but that's how, that's how I look at it. Now, what you want to do is you want to keep your, your goals, your vision and your plans moving forward even if what you want isn't coming like the fact that a nice man has not shown up in the last three or four years has not deterred me from moving forward with my life no I started a website I started a business I started podcasting and all this stuff and wrote a book blah 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 my life is just amazing without a man now it will be something different with a nice man oh boy I can't wait. But what I'm saying is you don't put your life on pause if there's a delay. And I will speak just a little bit more about that. So what are you going to do if you're procrastinating or avoiding or there's a delay? Well, the first part, I have several pieces under the heading of motivation. Motivation in life is very powerful, very key, and something that some people are good at and some people aren't so good at it and some people are in between. And I'm talking about you being able to motivate yourself. Now, if you're at work, hopefully your office, your employer has some motivational structures in place, which would be valuable. Um, but, you know, is motivation missing? That's a good question. Uh, it may or may not be missing. It's likely that it's missing. And, and it couldn't necessarily be that it's not motivation that's missing. It's that there's a negative emotional component that's kind of the, the showstopper or the doorstopper. So, if it's doing something new that you know you really, really, really want to do, like podcasting, and you're still not doing it, you might have to look and say, oh, where am I stuck? Where am I stalled? Oh, I need help. I need to get my IT guy over. So look at your motivation. Are you motivated? If you're not motivated, that's what's missing. If you're motivated, but it's not happening, then you want to sort yourself out and look and see what else is going on. So uh, under the heading of motivation, I am a diehard fan of a reward system. I've been doing it since I was at least in college. I'm not sure about high school. I think I was too busy in high school, but I definitely had a reward system in college. I won't tell you what the rewards were, but um, so this I'm talking about a personal reward system that you design yourself within your budget. Some things that are will be rewards for you could be any number of things. I have an entire podcast designed on the reward system and how to do it but get excited because a properly designed reward system i promise you properly designed reward system assuming you deal with other issues 
will provide motivation because you want to level up. You want to get the prize. You want to get the reward. If it's not motivating you, you have to go back to the drawing board and look and see, is the reward motivating? Oh yeah, it's not really, I, you know, or, or you, know, you have to look and see. So have a reward system under this heading of motivation because it can be hugely successful. I haven't worked with anyone where it wasn't successful. If you started out thinking, oh, it's not going to work for me, then don't bother because it won't work for you. Your thinking will definitely make sure that it doesn't work for you. But a reward system can be a very uh, critical piece to helping you, you know, deal with this procrastination or avoidance. The next thing under this topic of motivation is having an inspired vision or plan or map or end game for your life. This is a very, very, very powerful way to provide self-motivation because when you have a future that you love, a future that you have created, a future you've designed, a future where you're like, oh yeah, I can't wait for that, then it it changes your life. It gives you a purpose. It gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to work for. Like I actually got the idea of having a, an amazing future growing old with a man from, from a man. Now I didn't end up with him, but I still appreciate uh, his formula and his vision. And that's like amazing. It's amazing to have a great future to look forward to. That can be extremely motivating in and of itself. Now, it doesn't have to be something huge. It does not have to be this life-altering big thing. It could be whatever brings you happiness. It could be getting a pet. It could be learning how to cook a different cuisine that you normally cook. It could be, you know, moving or buying a house or cleaning up your garage or your, your bedroom. It could be learning pole dancing I, I know that's on my 2024 list. <laughs> it was on my list for this fall, but the car accident interrupted that. See, it was delayed. <laughs> uh, finding the love of your life. Like you could have any number of goals. It could be, you know, learning a new hobby. Like what would inspire you? What do you want your future? I did do a podcast recently about fear of getting old, which is a real thing. And so this is part of that. If you don't want to have fear of getting old, then create this beautiful vision to grow old into. And you will just be like pinching yourself. Pinch me, pinch me. Is this my life? It's not what people do. I actually have several podcasts that would support this whole idea. One of them is creating a magical life. Seriously, this is not what people do. This is what I do. This is what I have been doing all of my life. But do that and see what changes. Now, so right now, okay, outside of having an amazing man come into my life, what inspires me like tremendously, it touches me so deeply, is living in a world where love and affection is abundant, where love and affection is running over. It's ruling the show. It's the, 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 the emotions of the day. And mental health rules the day. Mental and emotional fitness rules the day. Where people are happy. The suicide rates are falling. Health um, addictions rates are falling and people are feeling happy, healthy, and well-loved. That's what, that's what turns me on. It inspires me and it, and it makes me happy and it, and it literally could bring me to tears because that's possible. It's a possibility. It's how I live. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it is how I live. 
so I'm sharing it so other people can live that way too because it's it's wonderful. Now, I'm already happy. I don't need happiness skills. <laughs> I have had some lessons I had to learn. I did have to break some trauma bonds. I did have to break some cycles. But I was happy nonetheless because that's one thing I learned as a, as a young person. So it's very, very powerful to have an inspired dream or vision or plan for your future, for your life. Do not discount that. If you don't have that, put that on your list under the umbrella of motivation. It will motivate you. Trust me. If you get the right thing. Now, if you get the wrong thing, you might have to go back to the drawing board and say, yeah, uh, you know, you know, going horseback riding twice a week really isn't like inspiring me. It's not, I don't, I don't look for, I enjoy it, but it's not something I enjoy that much. So find something else, but have that. And, and the other thing about that is your brain, your brain loves that. It's what you're, so, so from the newer research, I talked about the Zagarnik effect, but from the newer research in the last hundred years, your brain, your subconscious, unconscious part of your brain actually wants you to have a plan. They want you to have a concrete plan. So that will lower your anxiety and lower your psychological tension when you have a plan, which is all good and very helpful. The next suggestion under the umbrella topic of motivation, we're still on motivation, is to have either an accountability coach, a success partner, a partner, a buddy, or a team. Now, what we know from the research is that if you have one person, you've committed your goal or your plan or something to one other person, you are now 65% more likely to meet that goal. That's just from you committing to another person what you're up to. If you uh, want to boost your chances of success up to 95%, then you're going to add in ongoing check-in meetings with your partner or your person or your buddy or your team or whoever to check in on your success. So you can do it by yourself, but add some motivation by adding at least a partner, buddy, or coach, person, whatever, that you are committing to, hey, I'm committing that I'm going to lose 10 pounds in the next three months or four months or whatever, or I'm committing I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm committing that I have this filing project I've been procrastinating on for a year. I'm going to take care of that. Commit and just committing will increase your chances by 65%, but why not go for the 95% and have ongoing check-ins? Like, why not? And, you know, they have different terms for it now, you know, success partner, power partner, you know, call it whatever you want. Um, but you could, <laughs> you could really have some fun with this people because of course, what do we like to do here? We like to be playful. We like to have fun. What would be more fun than having a person would be to have a whole team that, that yet you're all working on your own goals. You're meeting together to support each other, to nurture each other, to cheer each other on. They're working on their personal growth. They're working on making their life amazing. You could have events. You could have parties. You could have prizes. You could take road trips together. You could really fully support each other and make lifelong friends and change your lives all at one foul swoop, having fun the whole time. Well, what's wrong with that? I think, I think that's like the best idea in the world but that's me. All right. So under the, still under the umbrella of motivation, you could also do what I call master list, a master list and signs. 
So a master list, which is a subset of list making, I do have a podcast on making lists and the, and the value and what it does for you. But I, I always recommend this master list. The master list is basically a catch-all of all the things that are, you know, on your, your list. Now, it's not a completion list. That's something very different. I wrote about that on my website. I'm not sure if my podcast incorporates that or not, but I'm talking about a master list. This is a kind of a summary list of the projects, goals, tasks, minutia, whatever, that need to be completed in your life. Not not a completion list. That's a completion list is a separate thing. I'm not going to get into a completion list in this podcast. I've talked about it in other podcasts, but I'm talking about a list where you have the stuff that needs to be done on your list. Now, I will say a little bit more about that in the closing, but have a master list. This is going to be good for your brain because your brain will know it's taken care of. It's, it's, it's recorded. And signs. Signs, I'm talking about signs that affirm your, your goal, affirm you, affirm your progress, cheer you on. So the signs could be, affirmational, like I'm lovable, I'm worthy, I'm deserving, I'm a good person. They could be cheering you on, go for it, you can do this, you got this, piece of cake, what have you. You get the idea. These are visual signs. When I do uh, life coaching with people, I tell them they A, need to go with the master list and B, the master list needs to be on oversized paper. That could be two eight and a half by 11 inch pieces of paper taped together or an oversized paper. And it needs to be visual where they can see it, where they're going to see it every single day. And I remember one time somebody was kind of a little argumentative about having it where they would see it every day. I said, look, you can do whatever you want. I'm telling you what I suggest. I'm telling you, I strongly recommend it. This is why. Why don't you try it? And then you can see what you think. And they did. And they went, you know what? I can see your logic now. I can see if I had put it where I originally wanted to put it because I didn't want to put it like, you know, it doesn't matter anyway. So make your signs, get your master list and have them visible. You have to be able to see them. They have to call to you. All right. Now, we're going to step away from motivation and go to sorting out issues and what's stopping you. So there's lots of things that might stop you under the motivation. I've just covered some some ideas for you there. But if you're stuck, you might have to stop and go, what what am I doing? What What's bothering me? What's in the way? You might need to download my emotional workbook. It's an emotional processing workbook, which is free, totally free. And go through it and see if that helps you shake anything loose. Like, ask yourself the questions. Like, why is this not working? Do I need additional expertise? Am I too tired at night to do the job? Am I too afraid that I'm going to fail? Am I afraid I'm going to be rejected? Well, it's normal to be afraid you're going to fail or be rejected. That's normal. But deal with it. You can deal with this stuff, people. Uh, Or is it simply that it's just too far out of your comfort zone? Like, you might have to ask for some input. But the bottom line is if you want something and it's not happening or you're avoiding or procrastinating, get in underneath it and sort it out. All right. So I've covered a lot of ground on procrastination or avoiding. I'm going to wrap this up with some final suggestions on procrastination or avoiding. Number one is to build emotional skills. This is known from what I just covered to be a root cause for procrastination. Well, guess what? It's also a root cause for lack of mental health. 
It's also a root cause for mental illness. It's also a root cause why people slide into addictions and other problematic behavior. Like this is a big problem. I've provided a free workbook. Yes, it's a I'm version 5.0. Yes, it's going to be changing, but that's okay. This will change your life if you learn these skills, I promise you. We may not, as a world, as a society, have an agreed upon definition of good mental health. Well, we don't. Uh, at, according to the research, a scoping review, July 31st, 2019. Now, we, we have eight conflicting definitions. We might not have a list of what's good mental and emotional uh, criteria. That's okay. I've put one in a podcast. I'm going to add it to the workbook, I think. But download the workbook and start learning this because it will help you. This will help you with procrastination, I promise you. And it's not that hard. Like I said, grab a team, put grab a buddy, do get whomever, and start making this be wildly fun. And and you'll be having fun and you'll be solving your own problems. You know, if you have kids, do this with your kids. Oh my gosh. I wish I had I wish I had known when I was raising my children that I had skills in, in this area. I had no idea. I literally had no idea I had skills in this area. I would have taught them several other things had I known, but I'm not a therapist, so I didn't know. But get your people in your life involved in this. They will support you. It will work. It will be beautiful. So my next suggestion under the procrastination number two is what do you want for your life? Just take a pause and ask yourself, what do you want your future to look like? What do you want your life to look like? What would make you happy? What would make you joyous? What would make life like, pinch me, pinch me, is this my life? What would that be? Get to work on that. Put that in your life. That's going to handle procrastination because it'll be very clear. Oh, yeah, that doesn't support this magical, amazing life future I'm creating. That doesn't support that. That's out. Or, or you know, it will also handle, help you handle procrastination and avoidance. It will also help you handle any fears of getting older because you can't wait for your future because it's so beautiful. Like you could have an amazing, beautiful future with everything you possibly wanted. You could. So go get it. It will help you. It will help your brain because your subconscious and unconscious mind wants that. They want you to have happiness. Your body likes happiness. Number three, implement a reward system. I have a podcast on that. I've talked about that. Number four, grab a partner or a buddy or a team. Create your goals as and this beautiful, amazing future. Number five, self-care. If you are not the boss in self-care, I would put that on your list. I have said a lot about self-care. I have a whole podcast about that and self-compassion. Number six is self-compassion. Stop being so mean to yourself. First of all, it's not good for your health, mental or emotional. Secondly, not only is it not good for you, it's unattractive. Nobody likes to see you being Sid Vicious on yourself. Sid Vicious is not, you know, not good. That's not good. Uh, number seven, use signs to motivate and inspire yourself. Number eight, if it involves doing something new, do the work to sort it out. And if you're stuck, get help. Like you can always untangle something if you keep at it. You might have to talk to more than one person. I don't know what it would take, but, you know, do use the emotional workbook. That will probably definitely help you. Uh, and, and, 
you know, don't give up. Number nine, use a master list. Oh, please use the master list. And as I mentioned before, put it in a visible location. It has to be very visible. I do suggest strongly, strongly, strongly oversized paper. Why? Because then you can use a large Sharpie and it can be, you can be 10 feet away and you can easily read it. That's the value. It's not valuable to have an eight and a half by 11, you know, 12 font, 12 point font that you can't read from 20 feet away. That's not helpful. The idea is to get in your head and to, and to support you. So if you do this, the master list, this can help you alleviate stress and help you stay on track because your brain is going to know you've got it covered. It may not be, the task may not be done. The job may not be complete, but you've captured it. The capturing of what needs to be done can really bring down your stress and anxiety. And you can use it with a reward system to inspire yourself to complete items. Typically, I have one now. I'm, I'm recovering from my car accident. So I, I have a little, little mini master list in a notebook, but I'm in between places, so I don't have one right now. But usually once I've done a third or more of the task, I start a new one. And if I have something that comes to mind that is a job, a goal, a task, or whatnot that's not on the list, I will just write it in the margin. I'll write it in the margin or at the bottom so that it's captured. So that when I go to make a new master list, anything that wasn't included is now in the margin or at the bottom or in the side. So it gets incorporated into the next master list. Trust me, this is very freeing. Your, your mind knows it will not have to worry. You've got it covered. You've got it handled. This could really be helpful for people who have uh, high stress or anxiety because this is, I'm explaining to you what happens in your brain. Your brain gets this psychological tension when things are not finished, which is also another reason I've, I suggest you have a life of integrity because when you make promises you don't do, that's an unfinished task that then your brain can ruminate on and it creates this psychological tension. So I do have, um, uh, a podcast on making lists that will help you. The, the Zygarnik effect is really something that will, will help you stay, stay the course. And the bottom line is that you have so many ways that you can inspire yourself or motivate yourself to get things done. Now, what I've suggested with the master list and signs and a partner, all these things, reward system. I know people don't do that. Like, trust me, people. I know what I do and I live in the regular world and I know what people do. They don't do the stuff I do, but then they don't also have the life that I have. So if you want a different life, you might have to do different things. I hope you've gotten enough ideas to get you started. Definitely get the emotional processing workbook from my website, download it, start using it. And that is probably the linchpin of this whole procrastination avoidance because of what the research says about um, lacking emotional regulation or lacking emotional skills. I hope that's been helpful. Now, just do it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 157. 
procrastinating or avoiding. I certainly hope you have received some new ideas on actions you can take and structures and things you can implement so that you can move away from avoiding or procrastinating. Please join my team by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Share it on social media. Let's help everybody move to feeling better and having less anxiety. I hope that you're doing well. I love you. That's all for now.